0: Act Four of The School for Wives by Moliere Translated by Henry van Laun This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org Act Four, Scene One,
1: Arnulf alone I declare I cannot rest anywhere my mind is troubled by a thousand cares thinking how to contrive both indoors and out so as to frustrate the attempts of this coxcomb with what assurance the traitress stood the sight of me she is not a whit moved by all that she has done and though she has brought me within an inch of the grave one could swear to look at her that she had no hand in it the more composed she looked when i saw her the more i was enraged and those ardent transports which inflamed my heart seemed to redouble my great love for her i was provoked angry incensed against her and yet i never saw her look so lovely her eyes never seemed to me so bright never before did they inspire me with such vehement desires i feel that it will be the death of me if my evil destiny should bring upon me this disgrace What? i have brought her up with so much tenderness and forethought i have had her with me from her infancy i have indulged in the fondest hopes about her my heart trusted to her growing charms i have fondled her as my own for thirteen years as i imagined all for a young fool with whom she is in love to come and carry her off before my face and that when she is already half married to me No by heaven no by heaven my foolish young friend you will be a cunning fellow to overturn my scheme for upon my word all your hopes will be in vain and you shall find no reason for laughing at me
2: scene two a notary arnulf there he is good day here i am ready to draw up the contract which you wish
0: not seeing or hearing him
2: how is it to be done it must be in the usual form
0: arnulf thinking himself alone i shall take the greatest possible
2: care i shall do nothing contrary to your interests
0: arnulf not seeing him i must guard against all surprise
2: it is enough that your affairs are placed in my hands for fear of deception You must not sign the contract before receiving the portion.
1: Arnolf, thinking himself alone. I fear if I let anything get abroad that this business will become town talk. Well,
2: it is easy to avoid this publicity, and your contract can be drawn up privately. Arnulf,
0: thinking himself alone.
2: But how shall I manage it with her? The jointure shall be proportionate. To the fortune she brings you.
1: Arnulf, not seeing him. I love her, and that love is my great difficulty. In that case,
2: the wife may have so much the more. Arnulf,
1: thinking himself alone. How can I act towards her in such a case?
2: The regular way is that the husband, that is to be, settles on the wife, that is to be, a third of her marriage portion as a jointure but this rule goes for nothing, and you may do a great deal more if you have a mind to it. If, oh! Seeing him. As for the precipit, that is a question for both sides. I say the husband can settle on his wife what he thinks proper. Eh? He can benefit her when he loves her much and wishes to do her a favor, and that by way of jointure, or settlement as it is called, which is lost upon her death either without revision, going from her to her heirs, or by statute, as people have a mind, or by actual deed of gift in form, which may be made either single or mutual. Why do you shrug your shoulders? Am I talking like a fool, or do I not understand contracts? Who can teach me? No one, I imagine. Do I not know that when people are married they have a joint right to all movables, monies, fixtures, and acquisitions? unless they resign it by act of renunciation do i not know that a third part of the portion of the wife that is to be becomes common
1: in order yes verily you know all this but who has said one word to you about it you who seems to take me for a fool shrugging your shoulders and making faces at me hang the man and his beastly face good day that's the way to get rid of you Was I not brought
2: here to draw up a contract?
1: Yes, I sent for you, but the business is put off. I shall send for you again when the time is fixed. What a devil of a fellow he is with his jabbering! Notary,
0: alone.
2: I think he is mad, and I believe I am right.
0: Scene 3. A notary, Alain,
2: Georgette did you not come to fetch me to your master yes i do not know what you think but go and tell him from me that he is a downright fool we will not fail
0: scene four arnulf alain georgette
1: sir come here you are my faithful my good my real friends i have news for you the notary Never mind, some other day for that. A foul plot is contrived against my honour. What a disgrace it would be for you, my children, if your master's honour were taken away. After that you would not dare to be seen anywhere, for whoever saw you would point at you. So, since the affair concerns you as well as me, you must take care that this spark may not in any way... You have taught us our lesson just now. But take care not to listen to his fine speeches
0: oh certainly we know how to deny
1: him suppose he should come now wheedling alain my good fellow cheer my drooping spirits by a little help
0: you are
1: a fool you are right to georgette georgette my darling you look so sweet-tempered and so kind you are a lout you are right to alain What harm do you find in an honest and perfectly virtuous scheme?
0: You are a rogue.
1: Capital! To Georgette. I shall surely die if you do not take pity on my sufferings.
0: You are a brazen-faced
1: blockhead. First rate! To Alain. I am not one who expects something for nothing. I can remember those who serve me. Here, Alain, is a trifle in advance to have a drink with, and Georgette, here is wherewith to buy you a petticoat.
0: Both hold out their hands and take the money.
1: This is only an earnest of what I intend to do for you. I ask no other favor but that you will let me see your pretty mistress. Georgette, pushing him.
0: Try your games elsewhere.
1: That was good
0: Alain pushing him Get out of this
1: Very good Georgette, pushing him Immediately Good Hello that is enough Am I not
0: doing right? Is this how you would have us act?
1: Yes, capital Except for the money which you must not take.
0: We did not think of
1: that. Shall we begin again now? No, it is enough. Go in, both of you. You need only say so. No, I tell you, go in when I desire you. You may keep the money. Go. I shall soon be with you again. Keep your eyes open and second my efforts.
0: Scene 5. Arnulf alone.
1: I'll get the cobbler who lives at the corner of the street to be my spy and tell me everything. I mean to keep her always indoors, watch her constantly, and banish in particular all sellers of ribbons, tire women, hairdressers, kerchief makers, glove sellers, dealers in left-off apparel, and all those folks who make it their business clandestinely to bring people together who are in love. In fact, I have seen the world and understand its tricks. My spark must be very cunning if a love letter or message gets in here. Scene 6 Horace Arnolf
3: how lucky i am to meet you here oh i had a narrow escape just now i can assure you as i left you i unexpectedly saw agnes alone on her balcony breathing the fresh air from the neighbouring trees after giving me a sign she contrived to come down into the garden and open the door but we were scarcely into her room before she heard a jealous gentleman upon the stairs and all she could do in such a case was to lock me into a large wardrobe he entered the room at once i did not see him but i heard him walking up and down at a great rate without saying a word but sighing desperately at intervals and occasionally thumping the table striking a little frisky dog and madly throwing about whatever came in his way in his rage he broke the very vases with which the beauty had adorned her mantelpiece doubtless the tricks she played must have come to the ears of this cuckold in embryo At last, having in a score of ways vented his passion on things that could not help themselves, my restless, jealous gentleman left the room without saying what disturbed him, and I left my wardrobe. We would not stay long together, for fear of my rival; It would have been too great a risk. But late tonight I am to enter her room without making a noise. I am to announce myself by three hymns, and then the window is to be opened, whereby, with a ladder, and the help of Agnes, my love, will try to gain me admittance. I tell you this as my only friend. Joy is increased by imparting it, and should we taste perfect bliss a hundred times over, it would not satisfy us unless it were known to someone. I believe you will sympathize in my success. Well, goodbye. I am going to make the needful preparations. Scene
0: seven. Arnulf alone
1: what will the star which is bent on driving me to despair allow me no time to breathe am i to see through their mutual understanding my watchful care and my wisdom defeated one after another must i in my mature age become the dupe of a simple girl and a scatter-brained young fellow for twenty years like a discreet philosopher i have been musing on the wretched fate of married men and have carefully informed myself of the accidents which plunge the most prudent into misfortune profiting in my own mind by the disgrace of others and having a wish to marry i sought how to secure my forehead from attack and prevent its being matched with those of other men for this noble end i thought i had put in practice all that human policy could invent but as though it were decreed by fate that no man here below should be exempt from it after all my experience and the knowledge i have been able to glean of such matters after more than twenty years of meditation so as to guide myself with all precaution i have avoided the tracks of so many husbands to find myself after all involved in the same disgrace cursed fate you shall yet be a liar i am still possessor of the loved one if her heart be stolen by this obnoxious fop i shall at least take care that he does not seize anything else this night which they have chosen for their pretty plan shall not be spent so agreeably as they anticipate it is some pleasure to me amidst all this to know that he has warned me of the snare he is laying and that this blunderer who would be my ruin makes a confidant of his own rival scene eight Grisald, arnulf
4: well shall we take our supper before our walk
1: no i fast to-night
4: whence this fancy
1: pray excuse me there is something that hinders me
4: is not your intended marriage to take place
1: you take too much trouble about other people's affairs
4: oh ho so snappish what ails you have you encountered any little mishap in your love my friend by your face i could almost swear you have
1: whatever happens i shall at least have the advantage of being unlike some folks "'who meekly suffer the visits of gallants.'
4: "'It is an odd thing that, with so much intelligence, "'you always get so frightened at these matters, "'that you set your whole happiness on this, "'and imagine no other kind of honour in the world. "'To be a miser, a brute, a rogue, wicked and cowardly, "'is nothing in your mind compared with this, Dane. "'And however a man may have lived, "'he is a man of honour if he is not a cuckold.' After all, why do you imagine that our glory depends on such an accident, and that a virtuous mind must reproach itself for the evil which it cannot prevent? Tell me, why do you hold that a man, in taking a wife, deserves praise or blame for the choice he makes? And why do you form a frightful bugbear out of the offences caused by her want of fidelity? Be persuaded that a man of honour may have a less serious notion of cuckoldom, that as none is secure from strokes of chance, this accident ought to be a matter of indifference, and that all the evil, whatever the world may say, is in the mode of receiving it. To behave well under these difficulties, as in all else, a man must shun extremes, not ape those oversimple folk who are proud of such affairs, and are ever inviting the gallants of their wives, praising them everywhere, and crying them up, displaying their sympathy with them, coming to all their entertainments and all their meetings, and making every one wonder at their having the assurance to show their faces there. This way of acting is no doubt highly culpable, but the other extreme is no less to be condemned. If I do not approve of such as are the friends of their wives' gallants, no more do I approve of your violent man whose indiscreet resentment, full of rage and fury, draws the eyes of all the world on them by its noise, and who seem, from their outbreaks, "'unwilling that any one should be ignorant of what is wrong with them. "'There is a mean between these extremes, where a wise man stops in such a case. "'When we know how to take it, there is no reason to blush for the worst a woman can do to us. "'In short, say what you will, cock may easily be made to seem less terrible. "'And, as I told you before, all your dexterity lies in being able to turn the best side outwards.'
1: after this fine harangue all the brotherhood owes your worship thanks and anyone who hears you speak will be delighted to enrol himself
4: i do not say that for that is what i have found fault with but as fortune gives us a wife i say that we should act as we do when we gamble with dice when if you do not get what you want you must be shrewd and good-tempered to amend your luck by good management
1: that is sleep and eat well and persuade yourself that it is all nothing
4: you think to make a joke of it but to be candid i know a hundred things in the world more to be dreaded and which i should think a much greater misfortune than the accident you are so grievously afraid of do you think that in choosing between the two alternatives i should not prefer to be what you say rather than see myself married to one of those good creatures whose ill-humour makes a quarrel out of nothing those dragons of virtue those respectable she-devils ever piquing themselves on their wise conduct who because they do not do us a trifling wrong take on themselves to behave haughtily and because they are faithful to us expect that we should bear everything from them once more my friend know that cuckoldom is just what we make of it that on some accounts it is even to be desired and that it has its pleasures like other things
1: if you were of a mind to be satisfied with it i am not disposed to try it myself and rather than submit to such a thing
4: bless me do not swear lest you should be forsworn. if fate has willed it your precautions are useless and your advice will not be taken in the matter
1: i i a cuckold
4: you are in a bad way a thousand folks are so i mean no offence who, forbearing, courage, fortune, and family, would scorn comparison with you.
1: And I, on my side, will not draw comparisons with them. But let me tell you, this pleasantry annoys me. Let us have done with it, if you please.
4: You are in a passion. We shall know the cause. Good-bye, but remember, whatever your honor prompts you to do in this business, to swear you will never be what we have talked of is half way towards being it.
1: And I swear it again i am going this instant to find a good remedy against such an accident scene 9
0: arnulf alain georgette
1: my friends now is the time that i beg your assistance i am touched by your affection but it must be well proved on this occasion and if you serve me in this as i'm sure you will you may count on your reward the man you wot of, but not a word, seeks, as I understand, to trick me this very night and enter by a ladder into Agnès's room, but we three must lay a trap for him. I would have each of you take a good cudgel and when he shall be nearly on the top round of the ladder, for I shall open the window at the proper time both of you shall fall on the rascal for me so that his back may be sure to remember it in order that he may learn never to come here again yet do it without naming me in any way or making it appear that i am behind would you have the courage to execute my resentment
0: if the thrashing is all sir rely on us you shall see when i beat if i am a slow coach Though my arm may not look so strong, it shall play its part in the drubbing.
1: Get you in, then, and above all mind you do not chatter. Alone? This is a useful lesson for my neighbours. If all the husbands in town were to receive their wives' gallants in this fashion, the number of cuckolds would not be so great. End of Act four.